a great time here in Chaska at Southwest Christian School with you guys, don't you know, eh? You betcha. <laughs> preach it, preach it. Come on, there you go. Yeah, are right, y'all ready to give a little, uh, a little, uh, a little southern hallelujah? You ready? One, two, three. Woo! Well, that's how you say hallelujah in the south, is what I heard anyway. All right, well, good to see y'all this morning. You ready? Oh, yeah. If you're ready, go like this. I knew it. Here we go. All right. Y'all are a little more fired up. I like that. Here we go. What y'all want to do? I don't know what you want to do. Oh, don't start that again. Ever seen Jungle Book? Maybe not. Anyway, so here we go. Got too many kids. All right. Uh, 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 all right. So uh, in Mississippi, uh, one morning I was going to, uh, to, uh, to church. I had to go pick up like a baptistry deal, you know, look like a little cow trough or whatever it is, but you had to go pick it up somewhere. And I was in my truck with my, now as my oldest daughter, but she was like much younger then. And Emma Grace was in the back of the truck. Okay. And we're going down uh, Raymond Road, uh, Road in Mississippi, and it's a little slick outside, by the way. I drove in the snow last night. Anyway, all right, so, I mean, you act like that. I'm like, well, I drive in the rain. Who cares? Anyway, so this road's a little slick, and so I'm driving down. And uh, all of a sudden, like for me, back maybe like that, uh, you know, the back of the, the room right over there, I look up in the road, and I was like, there's a turkey in the middle of the road. Right? And, uh, and, and you know, it, it, it's going back and forth. So it's going to the yellow line and then it's coming back to the side of the road. And it's doing it like this back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. Like, what's he know what he was doing? It's like, I was like, what is this thing doing? And next thing I know, it's getting closer. So I'm like, well, prepare for impact. And all of a sudden, that, that, that my, the turkey hits the front of my truck, hits my windshield, hits the back of my, uh, hits my roof. And I watch my rear view mirror, it goes in the back of the truck. And I sit there and I'm waiting. I'm like, that thing ain't moving. I said, Emma Grace, there is a dead turkey in the back of the truck. She goes, cool, can we eat it? I said, yeah, you can have Thanksgiving anytime. We can eat that sucker, right? So I get a little further. I go down a little bit further, and I, and I get out, and I get by, like, from here, me to you, right? And, and I look at, like, the, the markings are a little bit different. And I look at it, and I go, Emma Grace. That ain't no turkey in the back of the truck. That is a dead goose in the back of the truck. I'm, I'm sorry. That is a uh, duck, duck, dark duck. Anyway, that is a goose. You know how you say it? There's a goose in the back of the truck. She goes, cool. Can we eat it? I said, oh, yeah, we can eat it. I love bacon. I don't care if it's from Canada or anywhere. Here we go. So, but I get up real close, and I start picking up the stuff. Like I start moving the wings, and there's something on the head comes out, and, and, I, and I back up. And I went, immigrate. That ain't a dead turkey. That ain't a goose. There is a dead peacock in the back of the truck. <laughs> the, there is a dead peacock, you know, in the back of the truck. I said, Emma Grace, there is a dead peacock in the back of the truck. She goes, cool, can we eat it? I said, Siri, can we eat it? Yes, big poppy, you can eat it. Okay, so I said, we can put it in the freezer. We can eat that thing later. I said, how'd your voice change? I don't know. Anyway, but, but the whole point of that is, is that from a distance, I thought that thing was a turkey. Look, I mean, it looked just like a turkey. And then the closer I got, I started looking at it. It looked like a goose or a dark duck. And then I, and I, the, the more the, I, mean, I really got up close to it, started looking at the stuff and pulling the wings up and stuff, and I realized that it was a peacock because the markings will always tell you what it is up close and personal. Well, Paul 
kind of wants us to get up close and personal to his life to show you what, what his life is all about, to understand what's good news about. All right, so you got your Bibles or you got on the screen here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, let's, let's get real close. Let's pick up some wings and stuff and see what are the markings of Paul and what he believes in. So here we go. You ready? If you're ready to go, I'm ready. I felt like that was a lot of females right there. Is that true? I don't know. Anyway, so, all right, I'm just picking. All right, here we go. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, it's after Matthew. You can look at it for yourself. It says, for I delivered to you as of first importance. Somebody say first importance. Y'all sound like first importance. That was good, though. Good try. Don't you know, eh? Here we go. I deliver you as of first importance what I also received. Here it is. That Christ died for our sins. I hope y'all are ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture. And that he appeared to Cephas, or Peter, then to the twelve, and he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, then to James, and then lastly he appeared to, to Paul. All right, so here we go. Man, I love your air hug. Come on. Anyway, not sure what that was. All right. Woo! So, it's like, <laughs> thank you all for the delayed response right there. All right, here we go. All right. We ready? So now yesterday, I gave you something to continue. Look to the cross and pray. Keep, keep that up, right? Keep praying for one another. Today, keep reminding yourself of the good news about Jesus. There's a reason that it's here. There's a reason that Paul's like, this is the main thing for me. Like, I don't know about you, but if somebody examines your life and examines my life, I often find out, what are they going to say is the main thing? Like, if you look at the Apostle Paul's life, you're going to find these markings that we're going to talk about. All right, you ready? Here we go. First one. Let's understand the gospel a little better. I might do some crowd participation. Some people say that's terrible when it's crowd this size. I don't care. But anyway, so um, here we go. You ready? Like we've been ready for like 20 minutes now. Good. Praise God. Here we go. All right. First marking, first marking of the gospel. Here's why it's important. The good news of Jesus. Now, hear me out. It doesn't matter if you've heard this a thousand times or it's the first time that you've heard it. I hope you hear it 50 million more. Because there's something, there's a reason Paul says, if you want to look at my life, if you're going to lift up something in my life, you're going to find out that this good news is absolutely the main thing in my life. It's what I've given my life for, and Paul was a good dude. But his goodness was taking him away from God, not closer to God, right? So I want to understand the good news. And I'm here to tell you, can I just say this? I'm still in the process of trying to get, trying to figure this thing out where it gets in my heart more and more. Okay, here we go. You ready? First one. We know what it is. Paul's going to say, here's the good news. Here's what it's about. Here's what my life is all about. Here's what I'm bearing thousands of marks literally on my body for. Here it is. You ready? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Now watch this. <laughs> I love doing this here because this is a great school. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? Somebody just went. <laughs> all right, good. Anyway, so, so here we go. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Now, I don't care if I get through all this today. If I don't, we can do it tomorrow. I don't care, right? Watch this. Here, here's why it's important. How many of you can answer the question, and it's not like a contest unless it is, and then somebody, probably Brian Goldie, would give you $100 if you answer it correctly. Monopoly money. Praise God. Anyway, so it's good for the game. So how many of you know, simple questions, if you don't know, don't feel bad. We're learning. We're all in this hashtag together, right? So how many of you can answer the question, or if just anybody at random, um, why in the world, in light of the coronavirus, not taking light of that, by the way, because I could get it going home, I'm just saying, right? Um, 
But that is an anxiety trigger right now, by the way. I was in the airport, and let me just tell you something. People's terrified, okay? And it's in this county, and it's in South Kakalaki too, by the way, just making sure you know that. So I'm bringing it to you, praise God. Anyway, so, but I'm not making light of it. Hear me out. I'm not making light of it. But here's the question. Why do people, and you one day, why do people die? It's okay if you can answer, because I'm not sure I heard that response, but why do people die? Now, remember, you might still be in context of wrestling with this, but if we're going to look at what, let's start here, and then let's work our way from there. Why do people die? I'm not familiar with that answer. It sounds a lot like you said. Because they get old. Because they get old. Good. <laughs> Maybe. That's good. All right, so they get old. What happens when you get old? You die. Has anybody in their gut, anybody, I've talked to a lot of people who are elderly. Uh, the, the idea that, that I say, I bet you guys think about death all the time like we try not to. Is there something inside of you that goes, man, I don't want to die. Anybody? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to focus on death here, but I'm just trying to tell you something. We, we all get this idea, like right here, like I'm never going to die. But we all kind of have this internal like, man, come on, like, I, I don't want to do this. That's why people exercise. Exercise. Exercise for bacon. Amen? So, that's what I'm saying, you know, but, but, the, but what the Bible says is, is that people die because sin. Sin pays with the money of death. And like the only, you, can't, you cannot escape that either. And we don't have to like that, but we feel that. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we know deep down, like there's this death is just Thinks. Like, I've lost loved ones. I've lost children. I've lost, you know, I've lost people that I cared about. And so probably most of you, if not all of you, like death is a reality for us. And in some point in time in our life, we're going to have to think about it. And what God's saying here is death happens for our first parents and for us because it's in our DNA because of sin. Now, here we go. Here's the kicker. Then answer me this question. Why in the world did Jesus Christ die? Will he go to heaven? Could be. Good question. Should he have died? Why not? Because say that loud. He didn't sin. At least the Bible says that he didn't sin, right? So the Bible says he didn't sin. So therefore, he should not have what? Died. So why did he die? Don't look, don't look at the purpose, but you get to look at the thing. There is no logical reason why Jesus Christ should have died because he had no sin. He wasn't born that way like we are. It's not in his DNA like we are, yet he died a gruesome death, according to the Bible and some things in history. Like, if you ever wondered and stopped and going, how is it that he died? Then it must mean that he did indeed die taking on our sin. There's no other explanation for it. You can say, oh, well, no, 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 no. We'll get there in a minute. No, 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 man. I bet he sinned. That's why he died. Oh, good. Then why did God raise him from the dead? There's no reason for that. It's the only explanation is that means that all the stuff in my life that I've done, not just I've done, but I thought, not just those type of things, the things I should have done, but I didn't, all of those things must have been on him because there's no other explanation for it. Now, time out. Let's define sin a little bit here. Let's go a little deeper. Let's go. Let's define sin a little bit. Ready? If Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins... What does that mean? Here's my question for you. You ready? And you can answer, you can think about this, you don't have to answer it. What good thing in your life are you making great? Where are you finding your identity right now? If I were to ask you, where's your identity? What, where's your happiness found at? 
right? Where are you finding your worth at right now, right? What are you going to say? Now, I know what Paul would say, but he wasn't there all his life. He was there the latter half of his life. But you understand, we, sin, the idea of sin is that we take good things that God made and we make them into great things. They become the thing and the main thing. That's sin. So, for instance, let's put this in perspective. Boyfriend or girlfriends. I can put my wife here and my children here, by the way. Boyfriend or girlfriend. Not saying that you guys date. I'm just saying, don't you know. Hello. But, but think about this. If you find, if you are, anybody, anybody here is finding their worth and identity and value and like rightness about them in somebody else in a place that only was reserved for God, watch this. That's sin. Right? If I put, if my wife, who literally comes right here on me, uh, I don't remember how much she weighs, I'm not gonna tell you, she's just a tiny little thing. If I, 200 and. 15 pounds, maybe? Uh, I weighed the other day in the weight room. I'm like, well, I walked by the weight room. Baby steps, Brian, baby steps. I'm good. All right, here we go. So, but if I were to jump on top of her back right now, now, no wrong, she is a beast of a woman, okay? She is, I mean, I mean that in all the right terms, okay? Like, she's incredible. If I jump on her back right now, though, what's going to happen in, say, 10 or 15 minutes? <sighs> she's going to fall through the floor or to the floor, right? You know why? Because I put all my weight and all my expectations on her, she is never meant to bear that. And that's just for a brief moment. If we're putting our life's hopes and our life's expectations on something or someone other than God, it will crumble in the end. Right? That's sin. So sin looks like this of going, whatever I'm finding my self-worth, whatever I'm finding my identity in, whatever I'm finding my happiness in, whatever I'm trying to make as, as the main thing in my life, that becomes Sin, when good things become ultimate and great things. I don't know what that is for you. I've got things like that. Growing up, I had things like that. I have things like that now. I don't know about you, but when I want to control my life, when I want things to turn out the way they want to, I tell you this, pay attention what is making you angry about God. Pay attention what's rubbing you the wrong way when God doesn't do this or he, or he lets this happen to you. Because it's very possible he's exposing some things in our heart when those things happen. It's very possible he's exposing things that we're putting ahead of him. Because the Israelites in the Old Testament worship a cow, moo, eat more chicken, as if it was God. You see what I'm saying? Like we can worship things and not know it. Well, Paul, how do you know that? Because we're built to worship. We're built to praise. Just think about what you enjoy, what you love, what, what's the main thing for you. You can't help but express it. And <clears throat> God's going, I made you for that reason, for me to feel. And anything outside of that, you ready for this, is sin. And I don't, I understand, this, this hurts me sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, whatever. But it, but it does. I don't know about you, but it does me. Because I so often want to, want to find my identity in what people say. I so often want to find my identity in, in the approval of others. I so often want to find my identity in perfection. Or when I was growing up, my accomplishments in sports, that I got the, the scholarship, right? My wife would be, hers was in school and just simply getting good grades because it was a performance thing, even though good grades are really good, right? I don't know what it is for you, but I promise you one thing, we've all got something, someone, some things in our life that are very sinful at this moment. You say, Paul, no, it's not doing that much. Okay, sin, no offense to the term, sin is suicide of the soul. 
and it's gnawing at you and it's killing you and you and me every single day. The problem is you're still alive, so it doesn't seem like that. But when anxiety comes in, when anxiety attacks, guess, what guess where your focus is? Something is out of your control. Something maybe you're even mad at God that he's not doing it your way. Because let me tell you right now, I, without saying it out loud, I think that I know better than God. <laughs> I'm just being real. I think I could run the universe better. I think I could run my life better. So when God doesn't do it my way or the way that I want him to, guess what happens? <laughs> Anxiety. Guess what happens? Worry. Stress. You get what I'm saying? Something good in my life has been disturbed, and that's the thing that has become everything to me. And that has become sin without me even knowing it. And Jesus said, I have come to die for that. Why? Just because, oh, that's a good deed, Lord. I love that. No, because I've come to give you life. I've come to be your peace. I've come to be your joy. I've come to walk you through your dark times like I shared with you yesterday. I know it seems like I'm away, but I've come to be near to you even when it doesn't seem like it, right? Because everything else is temporary, but Jesus, I'm eternal. Therefore, when you build your life on me, when you trust in me, when you're learning to walk through that, when you learn to believe this for yourself and let it work in your heart, remind yourself daily, you're learning to do, you build your life on something that lasts, not something that can be taken away. If I build my hope on my wife and my children, I hate to say this, they can be taken away. If I build my life on my strength, trust me, it can be taken away. If I build my life on finances, we're in trouble. It can be taken away. You got what I'm saying? <laughs> Hello? You, you, you follow me? It's like, Paul, you've used that too much. Okay, all right, just make it sure. So why did an innocent person who had no sin in his DNA like we do, why did he die? He must have taken our sin on himself. <laughs> I want you to let that sink in. Because I've heard that from the moment I was born. You see what I'm saying? Like, he must have done that. He must have taken that. that then that means what Paul would say is that he literally didn't just, just be sin. He literally be, he became sin for us. Not sinful, but sin. He took it. Boom. Why? So that you could be clothed in what is right and good and holy. That's the good news. It does mean, uh, no offense, this sounds so terrible. It does me or you no good to go, hey, Jesus died across my sins. Boom. Hey, bacon's for free at the grocery store. Woo, praise God. What, what's the difference? I mean, if Jesus died across my sins, there's no difference. Unless he's doing something in you and in us that makes the difference for the long haul. You got what I'm saying? Everybody raise your hands. Everybody clap. Everybody get flex. Everybody point. I love you too. Anyway, so, so you see what I'm saying? Like th this is what Jesus is all about. You can say, well, Paul, why is lying such a big deal, for instance? Why is that sin such a big deal? Because you're made to reflect God and he's the truth. You see? So this is a big deal. So Jesus dying on the cross for our sins makes the difference. When I was in high school, I don't know about you, but I felt the weight I felt like I was just carrying around this big old bundle on my back all the time. You know, I felt stressed all the time, felt angry all the time. I'm not saying that's you. But there's something when you, when, when you realize that Jesus died for not just sin in general, but for my sin and your sin personally, like it's legit, that that lifts the burden off. You know what I'm saying? Not that you don't feel bad all the time, but it just lifts something. There's something that's filled in you when, when Christ becomes all in all, when he becomes the main thing, you know? So here's why is that important. You ready? 
He was buried. Y'all know them hamstrings about popped when y'all did that. Anyway, so he was buried. Now, why is that important? Why, why does it matter to us that Jesus was buried? Think about it. Somebody give me an answer. Come on, think about it. I love silence, by the way. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't get it very often. Oh, preach it, brother. That's where our sin was buried. They put a no fishing sign there. Even though I do love fishing, I enjoy fishing a lot. So they put a no digging, no fishing sign there. What else does it show you that Jesus was buried? Good job, bro. He took your sin to the ground, way down underground. What else does it show? It's okay if I ask y'all questions. What else does it show? I'm not trying to show that you don't know things. I'm trying to, show, trying to make you think because this establishment loves thinking, and I love it, right? Because this and this go together. I'm not sure why I'm doing this right here. It's like a zip. I'm not sure. Anyway, but watch this. Why, why is it important that Jesus was buried? It showed he really died. Yes, it showed that he really died. You don't bury somebody that's alive. That's called entombment. They do that in Egypt, but this ain't Egypt, boo. Okay? So, because it shows that he really did die. And if he really did die, now watch this. You ready? Oh, here it comes. Here you go. Here we go. Then it is not on you anymore. It's not on you anymore. So, why do you live as if it is? Why do I live it as, as if it is? Not just you. Uh-uh. We. We're in this thing together. It's a little thing called humanity. <laughs> Why do I bear it as if I, I, I got it on my shoulders all the time? Why, when I get anxious and afraid, I'm like, I forget that he took it all. Why do I? Do? I don't know why, but I do. And the, and the key is... Just keep in mind, he was buried. He really died. It means he really took your sin. It's really in the ground. So sin for you in Christ is no longer the problem, right? It's a matter of whether you're willing to continue to trust him and look to him and see Jesus as the hero. You ain't got to be the hero. You ain't got to be the shero, right? All right, everybody stand up real quick. I just like inter intermissions. I don't know about y'all. I love popcorn. That's just me. All right, here we go. Little list right here. Well, this, hey, y'all, I've heard myself preach. I get it, dude. All right. <laughs> That's not funny. All right, sit back down. All right, here we go. Here we go. You ready? So Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Really happened. He was buried, took it to the ground. It really happened. He rose from the dead. Now, here's why I'm going to tell you this is really important. Let's interact with this, okay? He rose from the dead. Now, have y'all have Walmart here? Y'all got that other store. What's the other store called? Target. Who? Target. No, I don't hit the Target. What's the other one like? Uh, it's like a green store. Dollar Tree. I love that one. Hey, I don't, LaGrange? No, that's not right. Anyway. Either way, y'all got some stores here. Okay, anyway. So, they got Walmart here? Okay, never mind. We're good. Thank you, Sam Walton. All right, so imagine I go into Walmart. I got a big grocery full of, of, uh, of groceries because I got 42 kids. So I got a big grocery full, and I've paid, I've paid what had to be paid for it to go out. Now, you know what that thing is when you push your grocery cart through and you haven't paid for something? You know what happens? Or something like that, like a lightsaber going off, something like that. So, but if you've got it paid for, it's not an issue. I don't know about you. I may have just bought the, bought the groceries, but I am still going next to somebody just in case it goes off and I can take off running, right? You know what I'm saying? That, that's, not, that's what I do. Anyway, but, but I do that. Well, I, so, but if it's paid for, you won't get the... 
right? Because it's paid in full, you don't have to worry about it. So here's the thing. The only way that heaven's gates are open to you, the only way that's possible for any of us is that if it's been paid for. Well, Jesus paid for it on the cross. He was buried so you know what happened, and God raised him up. You know why? So that you could be assured. You could be confident. You could know in, in your heart of hearts, you could believe that it's, it's your paid in full. So that when you walk through the gates, it's not going to be like, oh, snap. Like, I didn't know that. Right? I'm telling you, I don't know if it's you. I told you yesterday I wrestled with it, and I realize now why I wrestled with it. The idea of not of doubting your salvation, of not being sure, like there's something that, that happens, like you're just not 100% confident. I don't know if that's you, I don't, but I'm telling you what's sweeping across the nation, I'll tell you that much. Not just students, but adults as well, that have this idea of going, man, I'm still wrestling with this kind of shirt. I'm still wrestling whether this is, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I'm still wrestling with if God would, would abandon, I'm still wrestling with all that. I'm telling you that the only way that you can find a confident assurance is if you're looking at Christ. It's the only way. Because he's the only one that raised from the dead. He's the only one that God said, I accept what you did. That's good stuff right there. I love it. No more. He got the so you wouldn't have to. Right? So that you could be sure that you're in the family of God. So you could be confident, which makes a big difference in how you live for Christ. Right? Because people that know their love love people. People that are confident they belong want people to belong. So this is it. This is the whole day. I remember talking to this guy at uh, Byram, Mississippi. Somebody say Byram. Y'all did good. That was good. I ain't gonna lie with you. Byron, Mississippi. And this guy, now he didn't have, you don't have to be an athlete to get this, but this was just, just I mean, just jacked up dude. He was in high school. He's like, like muscle on top of muscle. I mean, I touched his, touched his muscle and my finger broke. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so that's not a true story. But anyway, but this guy's sitting out there and, he, and all, the, all the people playing football, I know mean, you don't know that. It's like, it's like hockey without the ice. But anyway, so he's, uh, so he, uh, so he's out there playing. <laughs> Thank you for getting that. I appreciate that. So he's out there and he's on this, uh, all, the, all the guys and gals, these girls are too, playing football out there. And he's just sitting there and he's kind of like, I said, dude, what's going on, man? How come you aren't, you know, how come you're not playing? And I said, you play football in, in high school, like at Terry High School? He's like, no, man, I don't. I don't do that. I said, what's, what's going on? He said, his head just dropped. You could tell it's just like, oh. He said, man, he said, I got in some trouble. I did some this, this, and this. And he said, I can't play anymore. But I hope to, you know, hope to happen. I said, dude, I said, I'm sorry about that, man. I said, you may ask a question. What if, would, would it be great news, like, if you could go back and say, man, whatever you did just never happened? Dude's eyes went, just lit up. He goes, man, I wish that could happen. I wish it could go back, and it'd be like I never did those things. It'd be so amazing. And I looked at him, and I'm looking at us here today and going, that's exactly what the resurrection means for you and me. Right? He was lifted up on the cross for our sins, but he was raised so that we could be clothed with the righteousness that's not our own, the righteousness of Christ. You could be right with God, and it's like it never happened. How's that possible? Because all your and my sin was on Jesus. And all of his goodness and righteousness comes to you. Right? Believe it. And this guy's like, oh, that would be incredible. That's what Christ has done. That's what he's about. He's about taking those rags and giving you some robes. Right? He's about giving you himself. He's about taking what ails you. Taking what's, what's killing you and me and putting it on himself. That's why he died. But he's, he's alive to give you life. He's alive to give you hope. He's alive to give you freedom. He's alive, he's alive to give you the enjoyment of the life that he's given you. Right? That, that's what the resurrection is all about. And all of this corona stuff going on right now, all the fear of death, all the anxiety that it's causing, that there is life beyond this one as well. 
Anxiety really is, what if this happens? What if, what if this takes me down? What if this destroys me? And Jesus goes, I was destroyed so that you don't, no matter what happens to you, you don't have to be. Do you see why he's the hero? Do you know why devotional habits don't, aren't, aren't consistent? It's because this is not true in our hearts. Because the whole idea here is love. When you love somebody, you naturally want to be with them even through tough times. Jesus goes, don't be afraid. I am. I am your assurance. I am your life. I am I'm what makes you right with the holy God. I am. And the next thing is he's alive in heaven. Somebody point up. Somebody point up. Come on, point up. Come on. He's alive in heaven. And he wants you. He wants you. You. He's finished the work. It was a, um, I'll tell you what's important. Last thing. I'll close out today. Here, here's, what, here's what it is. There's, it was a uh, 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 missionaries that went over to Papua New Guinea called uh, the Don, and, Don and his wife, uh, Richardson was their last name. And they were going to reach out to, to cannibals, right? That's frowned upon in most societies, just saying. But uh, he was going to reach out to a group of cannibals who literally would befriend you, become your friend in order to eat you. That was what they did, right? Yeah. Anyway, so they were over there and they were trying to figure this thing out. So they finally got the, got the, uh, uh, the, them to like share from Genesis all the way through the Gospels. And when they got to Judas, who betrayed Jesus, they went uh, all in their language, go, Judas, Judas, Judas. Like they, he was the hero because he betrayed Jesus, right, and led to his death. They were pumped about that. And Don and him were like, oh, no, this is not good. And so, and, uh, so anyway, so one, one evening, like, Lord, how do we get this? Have you all heard this story before? Anyway, so says, how, do, how do we get the gospel, like, how do we get this into their lives? How does this change things? And so all of a sudden, one night they had all these, like there's no tribe came and attacked them. So there's people dying all over the, the, the grounds where they were staying. They're like, Lord, what do we do? And all of a sudden this chief goes and gets, at that time, his only son. He gets his son and he runs over to the other chief who was attacking the tribe and he gives him to the chief and the war stops. And Don Rich is going, what just happened? So he talks to the chief and said, what happened? He goes, oh, well, that's the, that's the peace child. That's the peace child. He said, what does that mean? He goes, well, when an opposing tribe uh, chief gives another chief their child, their son, as long as that child lives, there's peace between uh, the tribes, the chiefs. And he knew exactly what happened. Guys, Jesus Christ is our peace child before God. And the good news is, as long as he lives, you can have peace with God. You can be right with God for as long as Jesus lives. And guess what? He is alive forever. You see what I'm saying? Why the resurrection is so important, why he sat down, why he finished the work, is so that we could be assured that we have peace with God. You have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ forever as long as Jesus lives. And he says, I'm alive forevermore. This is why this is so important. So in the midst of anxiety, when all that grumbles up, we, God wants to speak peace. How can he? Because Jesus lives forever. He can offer himself in those moments to each and every one of us. Now, and the good news is, is that he wants you. He wants you. He wants your friends. He wants your family. But right now, just remember, he wants you. So, so what is the response? You turn from a self-controlled life, anybody in the room, to only Jesus, and you surrender your life to him. Jesus says, unless this happens, 
You don't have a place with me. You understand what I'm saying? Like this, this, is what the, this is what life looks like of going, it's all of Christ. I want my life to look like this. I want to turn from anything that's keeping me from Jesus to only Jesus and let him have everything. Because that's what eternal life is, is that every single person in here can walk closely with God. This is eternal life, that you know the one true God in Jesus Christ and you've seen it. He wants you to know him and walk closely with him for the rest of your life. That is the gospel. That's the good news. That's what God is after, right? So the whole point is, is that if we're not growing to, to see Jesus as this in our lives, if we're not growing to love him, then guess what? We're going to hate heaven. Heaven's going to be boring. Heaven's going to be terrible. You're not even going to want to go there because the whole point of heaven is you're going home to be with somebody you're getting to know and that you really love and that loves you fully. That's the point of heaven. And that's the point of why we say, Lord, I can't handle this, but I give it all to you. That's what it looks like, right? That's what it looks like in everyday life. And let him guide you in what every day and every step needs to look like, right? I just pray, Lord, I thank you for this group. I pray, Father, that the gospel really hits home to us pray you, you, uh, you would make us alive in you, that you calm our fears, that we put our hope and our trust in you, and that we don't sleep in the light. Lord, great crew here today. And I just pray, God, that Jesus, you would be the hero. You would be all in all, and we would see you as great and how that applies in our lives every day. Because this become the main thing in our lives would be really awesome. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep your eyes fixed not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.